All right, well, it's good to be here, and I'm thankful for the invitation. Turn that on here. You probably understand with the Potluck 100 having just uh, gone on, I mean, the Potluck 50 yesterday, you probably know what verse I'm going to, right? Hebrews 12. Look at verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. Uh, and so, uh, you know, here's talking about verse 1. It's talking about, let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our race. And that's the idea that I want to look at. Let me tell you real quick a backstory. I was, uh, and I hope you can come tonight. I'm going to preach on uh, paradise, okay, or, or living in paradise is the title of the message tonight. And I had a two-part message prepared. And it was, it, this morning was going to be uh, uh, that, you know, that title. And then tonight, I was just really sold on this title. I really badly wanted to call it the Swiss Family Robinson Syndrome. And uh, I couldn't make it fit. You know, you ever try to preach? It's like, <laughs> but the subject that I was going to preach on tonight, and I ended up swapping them, you know, I tried to do a little bit of homework, and I was like, I'm going to look at some of the preaching that's gone on this month with the focus on the uh, the family and all that kind of stuff. Focus on the family. That sounds like it ought to be a organization or something. <laughs> and uh, uh, so I was I was thinking about uh, that, and I... And I I got to see some of the preaching that's going on, and I landed on Pastor McMurtry's Sunday school lesson, I think last week probably, and I was like, he just totally preached my message. I mean, the whole thing. Now, I could have still preached it because I know how this works. You guys don't remember what he preached last <laughs> I heard somebody say, like, you're lucky if people remember, retain like 10% of what you say, and I'm thinking 10% is a little lofty goal. <laughs> so... Uh, but anyway, ended up taking what I'm going to preach to, uh, or what I was going to preach at night, and I took it, and uh, it pretty much uh, just ends up being the last point for tonight's message. So the problem was on the way up to here to Illinois, uh, I said it right. <laughs> I was teasing with my family on the way up here. I said, I'm going to mispronounce Illinois. And I'm not going to say it, but you know what the mispronunciation is. And my family's like, you better not, or we'll disown you. <laughs> okay. But uh, on my way up to Illinois, I'm thinking, I've got to come up with another message. So I've been working on another message, and most of this came from yesterday as I was suffering. You say, man, you didn't do 50, you know, and you didn't run like Brother Austin. Did you, just, you just hiked 28 miles. There's suffering involved, okay? And if you don't believe so, ask Brother Josh, right? <laughs> and anybody, anybody who participated yesterday, they were suffering. In fact, I was quite disappointed that there weren't more people limping this morning. Because I really like to enjoy the next day, the pain, and everybody else, you know, uh, uh, can't go up and down the stairs and everything. But none of us are really hurting that bad, I don't think. I mean, maybe everyone's putting on a good show. <laughs> but the truth is, in an endurance event, it's not really endurance if there wasn't any suffering that you were enduring, <laughs> right? And so, uh, and so sometimes we think about these grand ideas of enjoying something like, yeah, it wouldn't it be nice to be able to say, I ran 100 miles or I ran 50 miles or something like that. But how many really want to put in the, the effort to do that? Now, a marathon is 26.2 uh, miles. That's why I just wanted to do more than a marathon yesterday. That way I could say, well, I, I did an ultra marathon. <laughs> but uh, 26.2 miles, and I looked it up because I was curious how many people in the U.S. have ever participated and completed a, a 26.2 uh, 
miles. How many people in this room ever on foot went more than 26.2 miles? Yeah, and the people that are here for the potluck. <laughs> so I looked it up and it said 0.5%. And to me, that actually is a lot. I'm kind of surprised of that number uh, that have actually done 26.2 miles on foot. Why? Because nobody wants to suffer. <laughs> but those who do, they understand that there's suffering involved. And people say, well, do you like running? Well, I mean, you can get addicted to running and like like crave that run or whatever, but I don't know that anybody actually enjoys it. It's it's suffering, right? So I'm still going to use that phrase, Swiss Family Robinson Syndrome, uh, but this is not what the, title, what the message is necessarily about. But I want you to think about this idea. I mean, you know what I mean when I say Swiss Family Robinson. All right, good, good, okay. <laughs> so a handful, not even half, but... Swiss Family Robinson was a it was a book that was written back in 1812 by Johann Weiss and I didn't know anything about the book I watched the movie right if you knew more about me you'd understand <laughs> I watched the movie instead of reading the book but uh but in anyway, growing up it was a movie that I watched movie many people have watched and if you haven't watched that you've probably watched something similar and the idea is because a lot of stories have been written off of this theme. The idea is this group of immigrants is on the ship, and they're going, uh, I think, to Australia. And along the way, they get shipwrecked, and they wash up onto some island in the East Indies, and, uh, and they're, they're just stuck on this island. And they've got to survive, you know, however long, indefinitely, you know, whatever. And so this family, this story is about this family who survived on this desert island, and, uh, well, it doesn't end up being that, that bad of a deal, as I'll get to here in the, in the message. But uh, you, so the, the idea is, you know, great, man. After you read the whole thing, you're thinking, man, I kind of want to do that. I kind of want to live on a desert island with my family and just raise my own, you know, animals and have a, I mean, I don't know, maybe not everybody in here because you're looking at me like, no, I don't really want to do that. But a lot of people have this dream and this fantasy and they're thinking, hey, that looks like fun, you know. Uh, brother, uh, brother Justin, I know has gotten a little bit into survival, sort of survival camping, and uh, my father-in-law is really into that, and I got into that, and it's like you watch these YouTube videos and stuff, and you're like, oh man, that'd be great, man. I could go there, I could build myself a little A-frame, and I could, you know, just rough it for a week. And you get out there, and like ten minutes in, you're thinking, this fire's kind of hard to start, <laughs> and it's a little cold outside. I kind of want to go home right now. <laughs> But the thing is, you have this vision of how cool it would be to get through that experience, but nobody really wants to go through it. <laughs> and so it's a lot like that uh, when it comes to, you know, running in an endurance event. Again, it's called, uh, you know, a potluck 50 endurance event is what we what we were talking what we're, the name that we're using. It's also like that in our Christian life, and of course, that's what the message is going to be about. But uh, I was thinking about this in the endurance event. I thought about this, like, actually, the first time we, I did a potluck 100 in Iola, I thought about, or we hosted that, and I was thinking in this in my mind about the suffering and the enduring and the going through that. And these verses are going through my mind about how, the Christ, how Christians are supposed to go through tribulation, Right. Now, and I know I'm in good company here probably on eschatology, and we understand a literal tribulation that God's people are going to go through, but 
Look, even if you don't believe that, you should understand that Christians are supposed to go through tribulation. And so let's look at a few of these verses real quick, and then I'll I'll tell you where I'm going with this. John chapter 16. John chapter 16, verse 33 John 16:33 These things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace in the world ye shall have tribulation but be of good cheer I have overcome the world look at Acts chapter 14 Acts 14 verse 22 this is great. Paul Paul uh, preaches the gospel, and his custom was kind of to go back through these towns as he's going back and uh, stop and visit these folks and confirm them and and, and uh, find you know kind of like give them some uh, advice and everything. Verse twenty two says he was confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith, and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. Now, a lot of Christians don't want to hear that word and, and think about, hey, Christians, we're going to go through tribulation in this world, and they're thinking, no, I'm following God. And they've been kind of maybe brainwashed by the prosperity gospel and everything, and they think, I'm following God. I should have everything just easy, right? Because, you know, I'm not a child of wrath. And, and, uh, and they say, I'm not, I'm not appointed to wrath, so I'm, not, I'm just going to have everything easy until the day that God comes, uh, Lord comes back and, and takes me. But look, it's very clear in the Bible. You must go through tribulation if you're going to fall. He was talking to disciples. I understand some people are going to get saved, maybe won't go through some of the suffering. You know, Think about whenever he had multitudes following him and Jesus would look to specifically his disciples, it says. And, you know, and maybe not necessarily the 12, but those who were actually following him, his disciples. And he would say, you know, hey, if you're going to follow me, you're going to forsake all and you're going to forsake your family and you're not going to have houses to sleep in. That wasn't to every single believer. If you don't do that, you're not saved or something like that. It was to this group of people that were going to take up their cross and follow him. And he said, there's going to be suffering involved if you're going to do that. But don't we all at the end of the day want to be good Christians and want to go to heaven and hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant and get rewards and all that kind of stuff. But how many actually want to go through the tribulation? <laughs> That's the problem. They don't want to go through suffering and trials. They just want to have the, the great. And look, I, how many of you have read Fox's Book of Martyrs? I don't want to go through any of that suffering, <laughs> right? But we sure pick, lift them up as heroes and say, oh, how great Christians these were or whatever. I mean, some of them were lost, but you know what I'm saying. They're, they're, uh, uh, there were some great stories in there about people who, you know, follow the Lord to their death even. <clears throat> Let me see here. Uh, let's go a couple more. Romans chapter 5. Romans 5, verse 3. I think it'll help if we read the first all three verses. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into his, this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in, the hope, uh, in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience, right? Now, how does that compare to uh, the potluck 50 or any kind of endurance event you might go through? Well, everybody knows that you got to go through that suffering in order to get better, you know. 
Uh, I was saying, you know, my, I, I hope to run the potluck 100 in Iola, but, you know, if I didn't have events like this, like we did yesterday, I would never have decided to go out 30 miles or something because I know I'm not ready for it. But I knew that, hey, well, that'll be a good stepping stone and kind of help build me up. I have to endure that suffering if I'm ever going to dream about running uh, uh, 100 miles. Okay, so uh, we can actually glory in tribulation and say, hey, I know that's going to going to uh, strengthen me. And I hope you're making the analogies in your head that I'm not telling you that you've got to go out and run marathons and ultra marathons in this life. But I'm saying in your Christian life, you've got to be willing to have suffering and struggles and trials if you're going to grow and uh, get better. Last one, okay, since we're talk, since I talked a little bit about the tribulation, Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, verse 22. There's a very similar verse, and we'll look at that in a minute in, uh, in, in uh, Matthew 24, or maybe we won't, I don't know. Similar verse in Matthew 24, but a lot of people don't realize that it's also in Matthew 10. Verse 22 says, And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Now, there's a lot of, been a lot of weird doctrine, you know, that have, has come about because of this verse. And they've said, well, look, if you, you've got to do the works and keep enduring and all that in order to be saved. And that's not what it says. It says those who endure to the end, they shall be saved. That's something as Christians that we look forward to. Hey, I'm despised by this world. I'm persecuted. I'm hated. All these things are going wrong. I'm going through all this tribulation. But I know that when I get to the end, I'm going to be saved out of this tribulation. And I'm just making application for all of us. But if you go through the tribulation, you know, you know that you're in those days or something. You're thinking in your head, hey, you know, it's only going to be for a few years. (laughs) I just got to endure this. But once I get to the end, you know, I'm saved out of this uh uh, tribulation, Matthew 24. All right, he says a similar thing right here. This is uh, verse 7, talks about things that uh, Christians will go through, famine, pestilence, earthquakes. Uh, in diverse places, these are the beginning of sorrows. Verse 9, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. I mean, none of this sounds like paradise. None of this sounds like, you know, something that we just want to just enjoy the Christian life. And, and uh, no, he says there's going to be suffering. There's going to be, nah, if you say, well, I don't want to do that. I still want to be a Christian, but I don't want to do that. Well, fine. You know, you're going to miss out on some stuff. Just like people that say, why would you want to run a marathon? You're crazy. Well, fine. You don't have to do it. Okay. <laughs> and I, every time I run one, I think, why am I wanting to do this? I don't understand. But afterwards, you look back and say, okay, well, that made me a better person. It made me, you know, uh, more, gave me more endurance and more strength, and I can, I can do the next one this way, and, uh, and uh, this is actually good. I actually even thought about uh, making this theme for the Potluck 100. 
Okay, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking everybody in here is uh, familiar with this, but go to Revelation 6. Talking about tribulation, right? You're familiar with the seven seals. And uh, I seriously have thought about doing this where I would divide the potluck 100 into seven aid stations. And uh, it would be called the uh, Endure Tribulation 100 or something. And so you start off, right? And it's a white horse. <laughs> this is great, man. We, you know, the <laughs> Christ is here. No, that's the Antichrist. <laughs> that's a he's deceiving you, right? You got this white horse. Uh, look at uh, Revelation chapter six. He says, uh, "And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals and heard, as it were, the noise of thunder." One of the four beasts said, come and see. And I saw and behold, a white horse. And he that sat, sat uh, on him had a bow. And the crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering and conquering. So I thought about even like, like an image. I'm a little bit of an artistic guy. And I'm thinking in my head, head like a logo. You know, this guy on a white horse and he's got a bow. And, and this starts that first seal, you know, part of, part of the event. And then it says in verse 3, and when, I, uh, when he had opened the second seal, I heard a second beast say, come and see. And I went out, and another horse was red. So I pictured a red horse at the next aid station, right? You just stop. Okay, I made it. Seventh seal. I mean, uh, uh, to the second seal. And it says, power is given unto him that sat thereon to take the uh, peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. I'm thinking it's red. He's on a horse. He's got a sword. Surely it's going to look like one of the Muslim uh, the Muslim flag, you know, or something. He's got this, uh, whatever that kind of sword's called. I can't think of it. And uh, and that would be the second seal, right? And then we keep on running a little bit farther. And verse 5 says, And when they had opened the third seal, I saw a third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld a, low, a black horse, and he that sat on it had a pair of balances in his hand. That's easy to uh, to imagine in your head. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll serve uh, some wheat and some grape juice or something like that as you keep going on in that verse. <laughs> We get up to the uh, the fourth seal, and look at verse 8. I looked, and lo, a pale horse, which I think is kind of like a little greenish color, you know, off-white. And his name was, uh, that sat on it was death. And I'm telling you, if you've been in the potluck 100 and you get to this point, you feel like death. <laughs> and hell followed, uh, followed with him, and power was given to them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword and with hunger and with death and the... Uh, beast of the earth. I'm thinking maybe like a cross, uh, a skull and bone. Uh, what is it called? A skull and uh, bones like logo or something. I don't know. Black horse. You know. Uh, then he gets to uh, the, you get you, you get where I'm going. Okay. <laughs> Go down to all these seals. I thought that would be a pretty cool idea. I still might do that sometime. But here's the thing about going through tribulation. And this was the case for. Swiss Family Robinson, for instance, and I'm going to go through some of these points. It's going to apply a little bit, if you don't mind me being somewhat carnal here, that it's going to apply a little bit to Swiss Family Robinson. Also going to apply to going through the potluck 50 yesterday or any endurance event that I've, I've uh, done in my life or whatever. And then finally, it's going to apply to also us all running the Christian race, if you will. And, uh, and it's going to, we know it's going to have tribulation. It's going to have trial. Okay. It's going to have some hard times that we have to go through. But here are some things that made 
the tribulation a little easier. Here are some things that made the suffering a little easier, okay? And it's real simple. These points won't take very long. Number one, God's presence, okay? This is a given. If you're a Christian, you can know, I'm going to go through rough times. I'm going to go through tribulation. I'm going to go through hard times. But God's there, you know, and and, and it's easier. Uh, You know, I'm going to talk about the family a little bit. And uh, but there are some people that can't have kids or there are some men who can't get married. And I'm not saying it's your fault, but you just can't get married. (laughs) And, uh, uh, you know, some women can't get married or whatever. And you're thinking, well, this isn't fair, man. I'm going through this tribulation. I need something. Well, you've got God. You've got God there. And he's going to make that suffering. If you will actually lean upon him, he's going to make that a little bit easier for you, you know. Um, now, I don't know what his beliefs were, but Johann Weiss, when he wrote that uh, Swiss Family Robinson, he was actually a minister of some sort. I didn't check to see what kind of a minister he was. So obviously he writes into his book, and the book was actually written, it was supposed to be something that he could use to teach his sons. He had four sons, and he was going to teach them a little bit about husbandry and how to use the natural world and, and uh, survival and preservation and different things he wanted to teach his, his son. But because he was a minister, he included in the story that the Swiss family Robinson was, uh, they were believers, and they did rely on God, and God supplied things for them during this time where this shipwreck, which was a terrible thing, actually became somewhat of an enjoyable experience. And spoiler alert, in the end, the majority of them decide, hey, we want to stay in this island. We've already got it all set up, got everything that we need, and we're enjoying it, so they want to stay on the island, Okay. Uh, so, uh, but, but they had God's presence. Now I could make that very little application for the potluck 50 yesterday. God was there. Okay. But I want to use another one and I'm not comparing pastor McMurtry to God, but, but pastor McMurtry was there. (laughs) Okay. He gave us some guidelines and told us which way to go. And if you know me and everybody I brought here from, uh, from Kansas city and Iola, they know me very well to know that I can get lost leaving this church. I'll probably get lost if you point out how to get to the bathroom. Okay, uh, I've got a really bad sense of direction. But he told us which way to go. And he gave us a little chart that told us what streets to look forward to getting. He gave us his phone number and said, if you need anything, call me. Now, if we didn't call him and say, hey, I'm dying, could you bring me some water? That's our own fault. <laughs> but he was available, right? He was there to help and to provide aid. He did give us instructions. If we didn't follow it, you know, now God wouldn't have messed up and made uh, 13.5 miles, 16.5 miles. But, <laughs> but all illustrations break down at some point. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It actually ended up being a good thing as far as I'm concerned. Because so I was like, oh, wait. I was dying thinking, oh, man, 13 miles feels like forever. And he's like, well, actually, found out we're at 16.5. And it's like, woo, I'm ready to go, man. <laughs> it's weird how your mind plays tricks on you. Uh, like the first time I, I ran a 100-miler, uh, I was dying all the way, like probably like from mile 30 to mile 50, I was dying. But then it was like I had never ran more than 50 miles. So as I went and took that, it well, limped a little while and then started back up after the 50 miles, I, I got to 10 more miles. I made it through, and then I was like, I've only got 40 miles left. I was like, that's like two 20-milers. And the person that I told that to was like, are you okay? <laughs> but your mind just starts playing games. But anyway, that has nothing to do with anything except for to say that 
people, uh, that the, the God, God's there, right? And God gave us, gives us his word in the Christian life. He, he's, he's not only given us his word, but he gives us the Holy Spirit to help us understand what that means. He's given us a direct access to the, to the Father. We can go and we can, uh, we can ask him to supply for our needs. And, uh, and he's, he's there. Can you imagine going through something that all by yourself with no, you know, uh, no help like that? You know, you have to drink out of the, uh, out of the canal or something, <laughs> you know, you got to try to figure out how to make a little fire so you can boil that water. Cause I don't think I'd want to drink it without boiling it first. And, uh, and no, man, all that stuff, we don't even know how bad the suffering would actually be if we didn't have, you know, uh, somebody to call up and say, Hey man, I'm dying. Can you help me? When your Christian life, sometimes you think, man, it's so hard. It's so hard, but you're thinking, you know, actually, it's a lot easier when God's getting you through it and you've got a purpose and you know in the end it's going to be okay. You're going to be with him for all eternity. That makes the suffering a little bit easier. Psalm uh, 68, verse 19 Psalm 68, verse 19, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. Now, he never said life is just going to be easy and it's never going to get rough, but he said, I'm going to be there. I'm going to supply you with benefits. I'm going to take care of you and make it enjoyable. I mean, on the trail, you get to this certain mile marker and all of a sudden there's a truck with oatmeal cream pies and and uh, granola bars, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, uh, it's, it's like, hey, man, I'm suffering, but I'm having fun suffering. <laughs> and sometimes in Christian life, you're like that. Why am I enjoying, like, the, the hardships of the Christian life? I don't know about you. I, I, maybe because maybe you can see that my personality, I like suffering or something like that, but, but I sometimes feel bad. Like, why, how come I'm not going through more suffering in the Christian life? Am I not living godly enough? Should I get more persecution? Like, why is why are things so easy? What am I doing wrong? <laughs> because really, we should expect that, right? But it can be enjoyable when you're doing it, and you got God guiding you and leading you and saying, "I'm there with you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to take care of you." Makes all the difference in the world. <clears throat> Matthew six. Uh, you don't have to turn there, but Jesus is saying, you know, uh, if you seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added unto you. You know, all the things that others are like, man, I don't want the suffering. I want to have the life of ease and all this. God, he's, God's saying, I'll, I'll provide what you need. You know, just go do it. So sign up for the next potluck 50. No, I'm just kidding. Number two, number two. God gives us something else to help us with our life, our Christian life or, or the suffering in the Christian life. And that is he gives us wives, men. He gives us wives. If you're in here and you have a wife, the Bible says you found a good thing. <laughs> and if you got a wife and you're going through the struggles and the hardships in life, you're thinking, you know, life would be a whole lot more difficult if I didn't have my wife. And I'm sure there's single people in here that would say, man, I can, I can relate to that. And so if you got a wife, man, think about that. And keep her happy because she's what you got for this, for this life. You know, and, uh, and, and going through it with her is going to make it a whole lot easier than if you're by yourself. And, and I can't, uh, you know, I probably don't, don't tell her enough how much I appreciate all that she does. And, you know, you think about what about her race? You know, 
Well, her race, I mean, I think everybody is going to agree with me and be on the right, same page here, but her race, her Christian life race that God gave her to run, a big portion of that has to do with getting me through my race. I mean, that's the way God, God lined it up. First time I ran a 100 miler, I thought, man, this is such a good picture of the family because, you know, I had a crew that was following me. And they were meeting me up ahead, calling me, saying, hey, what do you need? And they were providing things for you. And I know I said, God, we have God to provide all that, and that's true. But sometimes he provides that through our, our family. <laughs> and my wife, you know, on these events will be so organized, and she'll call, and she knows what I need. Even whenever I think I don't, she's like, hey, have you been drinking water? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just really not that thirsty. She's like, drink water now, or your kidneys are going to shut down in 10 miles. I know this from before. <laughs> you're going to be cramping up and you're going to be crying like a baby in the back of the van. <laughs> okay? So she makes me drink water. And then I'm like, well, I'm sure glad she made me drink that water. You know, that sounds kind of maybe, uh, maybe like a funny example, a weird example. But here in Swiss Family Robinson, same thing. He had a wife. He had to take care of her needs and he built a house for her. And, and uh, he, oh, by the way, back to God providing for your needs. So Swiss Family Robinson sounds like a great idea. Hey, maybe I'll be cast away sometime, and I'll go on this island, and I'll be able to live on this island. It'll be such a glamorous experience. Well, it wouldn't be as glamorous if you didn't have all the things that he had in Swiss Family Robinson. Okay, For instance, if you read the book or watched the movie or whatever, you find out that they kept going back to that ship that was wrecked. And I don't know how in the world this ship had so much stuff on it, but they end up building all these houses and all the stuff out of things that they salvaged from the ship, Right? And then the island that they are on is fictitious. Obviously, none of this would work, but it's got like every single animal that you could possibly need. Every single plant, like these two would never exist in the same environment. But for this book, they do, right? And actually, I feel like that's sometimes in the Christian life. It's like, hey, things shouldn't work out so easily. Like, it's like, this is not normal, but this is God just showering his blessings on you in your life. And it's like, to others, it's like, hey, man, I want a life like that. You know, some people look at my family, and I don't want to, I'm not bragging on my family. I'll be like, I'll take a, a page from Brother McMurtry's book, but I got the best one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, my, you know, people in our neighborhood sometimes watch our family, and, uh, and they're like, man, I just don't know how you get your kids to behave. And I'm thinking, I could tell you, but you're not going to want to do it. <laughs> I don't know just how your wife looks at you that way and your wife loves you. And I, I don't know, you know, what you do. What's the secret? And I'm thinking I could tell you how to love your wife and what's that, what that's going to require, but you're not going to want to do it. <laughs> I had a guy who lived across the street from us, and every Christmas we tried to go around and take some goodies to all of our neighbors and check on them and say hi. And, and this guy, he had a problem with drugs and everything, and people on drugs get real paranoid about things. And he said, man, he kind of opened up and started telling me all these things. And eventually in our conversation, he said, you know, I used to sit across the street from you guys and watch you. And you come out all dressed for church and you get in your vehicle and go. And you're going to work every day. And, and, and you know, kids are out there mowing the yard for you and doing all that stuff. And he was like, he said, I thought in my head, like, this can't be real. And he literally thought that we were planted there by the FBI <laughs> to watch him across the street. He's like, it's just too good to be true. Nobody could have such a happy life. <laughs> I'm like, you could have a happy life. <laughs> you just got to follow this. And it's not always going to be glamorous and easy, uh, but you could have it. Okay. Back to uh, the wife. Okay. In Genesis chapter two, God 
uh, from the very beginning, right, says, hey, it's not good for man to be alone. He gave him a wife, gave him a help that was meet for him, and they were, and, and through that he was able to live life a whole lot more comfortably than if he didn't have a, uh, a spouse. Along with that, real quickly, uh, children. Look at Psalm 127, probably familiar with this passage. Like I said, I, I wrote this sermon in the, in the vehicle and while I was out on the field, on the uh, trail running, so I wasn't trying to like, come up with a whole lot of new concepts. Right? So this is something that you're probably familiar with. But Psalm 127, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early and sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man who hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. The Bible talks a lot about the blessing of having children. And I personally don't understand why there's so many people out there that are like, no, man, we're just not going to have children. I just don't think we can handle that, you know, whether it's financially or the burden or, or what. But I just don't understand it. I'm thinking, man, that's, that's going to add so much to your life and give you purpose for your day in, day out. You know, people get so, like, caught up in the routine of going to work and, then come, and they don't know what life is all about. And so they, like, live for the weekend so they can get drunk and party and all that. And you're thinking, man, your life is in vain. But when you got a family, all of a sudden your life has meaning, right? And, I'm, and that's just speaking carnal because obviously our life has meaning when we're serving the Lord anyway. But, uh, but when he gives you children, man, that adds a lot. And, and again, your race at some point is probably going to be helping your children to run their race, right? But right now, children, your race is to help your parents run their race. You're like our little servants. <laughs> That's why we love having children so much. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I was writing this point last night. I was thinking about this point last night. Uh, we were in the hotel, and my legs were hurting a little bit. I'm not going to lie. And I was like, Braden, would you go get me a water bottle? And I was thinking, he better just go do it and bring it back, or else he's going to mess up my illustration. And he went and brought me one, and I was like, yeah, children are a blessing. <laughs> right then. <laughs> Valerie, like I said, when I run 100 milers uh, or, or 50s or whatever, uh, she's got a lot of planning and she's got the food all organized and everything, and, and she'll send the kids to get things ready. And I remember uh, a couple years ago we had one, and they were super organized. I didn't, I didn't finish it, but <laughs> that was my fault, not theirs. But, uh, but they, uh, uh, you know, they'd have a little chair at a certain mile. They'd pull up this little chair, sit that down get my food ready for me and bring it to me. And I was like, man, this, I feel guilty. Like I'm running 100 miles, but they're just like, they're doing a whole lot too for like all day long, just following me along. You know, they know that after about 50 miles, he's going to want his Red Bull and his, uh, and his Advil. Okay. Now some of y'all right away are just like, That's, isn't that mixed drinks? Isn't that like sorcery or something like that? <laughs> Somebody was watching this on YouTube and they're thinking, you know, he's a sorcerer. Suffer not a witch to live. 
I'm going to start praying that God will burn him with fire. <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, Red Bull and Advil, it will get you through to the next aid station. But that's not in my notes, okay? <laughs> but the kids, you know, are a blessing. They add to your life. But who who here that's raised kids said, oh, it's just all super easy, no trials involved, it does, it's not rough. No, having kids, there's going to be trials and, and rough times because you have kids too. But in the end, you're going to be, what a blessing, what a wonderful. This suffering has been glorious, you know. This is suffering. This race has actually not been that bad. I can talk about it, and other people will watch and say, hey, maybe I'll do that sometime. Are you sure? <laughs> You sure you're ready for the suffering? It will be enjoyable. You will like it, but there's got to be suffering involved. So even if you're, even if you're in your race and you feel alone and you, and you maybe don't have even some of these things yet, you know, maybe you will one day, or or maybe it's God's choice for you and your race never to have it, but you can get through that. He's going to give you what you need. He's going to take care. You just lean on Him and uh, trust in Him. He's going to get you through that. If you found a wife, you know, it's going to make that, I'm talking about men, if you found a wife, it's going to make that uh, so much more uh, enjoyable as you run your race and, and your wife's there to share that with you and to be part of that and to invest and help you in that. And children's going to add to that blessing. All of a sudden, man, you, you're thinking this suffering is not really suffering at all. I'm kind of enjoying this suffering. I love the pain. You ever heard it? Some of you guys don't understand what that's like. What do you mean you love the pain? You weirdo. You've never done it. <laughs> you know, you can learn to enjoy it. I hope that makes sense. Uh, let's go to Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for the race that you've, you've given each of us. And uh, we understand that mostly this race is, is just a spiritual one. But physically, Lord, while we're here on this earth, we understand that we're going to uh, endure a lot of trials and tribulations. But I pray, Lord, that you'll help us to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, and that we'll, we'll recognize that the suffering is there for a reason, and that we'll just look, look at the bountiful things that you've given us, the blessings you've given us in this life to make that suffering a little bit easier. And I pray you help that, you'll help us to uh, be able to use that, uh, that mindset um, to just go a little bit farther and do a little bit more in our life for you and for your glory. Thank you for the opportunity to be here, Lord. I pray you bless in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.